For marketing agencies and social media managers looking to prove the value of their work, I've got something special for you. Agora Pulse is not only Social Media Examiner's tool of choice as an all-in-one social media management tool, it also allows you to track the traffic, conversion, and revenue from every social post, comment, and private message. Learn how to prove your social media ROI with a free training or a free trial by visiting agorapulse.com SME today. Again, agorapulse.com SME. Welcome to the Social Media Marketing Podcast, helping you navigate the social media jungle. And now, here is your host, Michael Stelzner. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you so much for joining me for the Social Media Marketing Podcast, brought to you by Social Media Examiner. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner, and this is the podcast for marketers and business owners who want to know what works with social media. By the way, today, I'm going to be joined by Ben Amos. And while you might not know who Ben is, you're going to love what he has to say. We're going to talk about video marketing strategy. And so many marketers just dive right into video without a strategy. This is going to be the show for you. And by the way, if you want to reach me, you can tag me on Instagram at Stelzner, or you can email podcast at socialmediaexaminer.com. And now for this week's brand new discovery. Helping you stay alive in the social jungle. Here is this week's survival tip. This week, I'm joined by Eric Fisher with a brand new discovery. What'd you find, Eric? I found a web-based app that will help you to detox from your social media apps if you need it. Some of us out there that work in marketing, <laughs> you know, we need to stop using social media so much on our phones and stick to our work on our desktops. This is called Detoxify.app. How does it work? So it's fairly simple. I'm actually surprised it's never seen this before. So what you do is on your mobile phone, you go to Detoxify.app, and there you can choose from some of the most popular social media apps like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, et cetera. And then what it does is it creates a fake bookmark or app you know, icon for your phone ah. that then it replaces, you know, then you go and hide the original one somewhere in a folder or something, put this one out in front where your normal location for that Facebook app or whatever is. And now moving forward, when you tap that Facebook app icon, it's going to open the web browser, bring you right to the detoxify.app landing page. And it's going to remind you, Hey, by the way, you said you didn't want to use Facebook on your phone all the time anymore. I'm reminding you right now. Okay, so that's really all it does? <laughs> that's really all it does, but it's like it sets it up. It sets up that fake page where it's like, hey, by the way, you decided not to look at Facebook. Here you are trying to look at Facebook. Uh, <laughs> what's the chances anybody's going to do this, Eric? <laughs> I'll tell you what. There are people, I mean, I know that I, I'm telling you right now, our friend Leslie Samuel right now is like, ooh, I got to try this out because... <laughs> What this allows you to do is it allows you to swap out the reward system of clicking on Facebook and then getting actual like dopamine hits, right? And yet it allows you to keep Facebook on your phone. I'm using Facebook as, as an example. You're just going to hide it in a folder or something like that? Hide it in a folder so that if you, know, if you actually needed to legit use it, one, you could either put your phone down and go to the browser on your desktop and get your work done on social media. This is one of the hard things for social media marketers is social media is so addictive and so distraction, you know, filled. 
I mean, you and I have both felt that before. It's like, oh, you know, you're you're doing a Facebook group for Social Media Examiner and you get a notification that some friend commented on your personal profile post that you did. And this is one way, at least, specifically when it comes to the mobile device, which we know is designed to be much more tactile and distractive and addictive, to at least put up a roadblock occasionally. So, And it's pretty static. It's not like it's yes. sometimes going to let it through and sometimes not going to let it through. It's no, pretty- it, it will always not let you through. It will only go to Facebook if you actually tap the real Facebook icon that you've, again, this is on the honor system, you've put it somewhere else on your phone or deleted it. So it's up to you. All right. If anybody tries this, <laughs> please let us know in the show notes because I want to know whether or not this is something y'all would be willing to try. He already said the URL. I'm assuming it's detoxify.app. Is that right? That's it. Detoxify.app. And you know when you say stuff like that, the people are going to come out of the woodwork to tell us they tried it. So, All right, folks. Let us know what you think. Eric, thank you so much. You're welcome. Did you know that we can deliver awesome marketing info directly into your inbox? Simply subscribe to our weekly newsletter that comes out three days a week. You won't miss any of the updates going on in the world of social marketing. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates. And now for my interview with Ben Amos. Helping you to simplify your social safari. Here is this week's expert guide. Today, I'm excited to be joined by Ben Amos. If you don't know who Ben is, he is a video marketing expert and host of the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. He coaches video marketers and video producers. His course is called the Online Video Strategy Blueprint. Ben, welcome to the show. G'day, Mike. Thanks for having me. So uh, let's start with the accent. Where are you from? <laughs> I'm yeah, I'm from Australia. So yeah, down here on the Sunshine Coast, beautiful in Queensland, Australia. Excellent. So Ben uh, and I today are going to talk about video marketing strategy, and I think everybody's going to find it absolutely fascinating. But before we go there, Ben, I'd love to hear your story. How did you get into video marketing? Feel free to start wherever you want to start. Yeah, sure. So look, I'll I'll start way back when, to be honest, um, because that's where it really did start for me was uh, as a, as a kid, my, my dad had a big old VHS video camera, you know, the kind that sat on one shoulder and you had the battery pack on the other shoulder. And and, uh, yeah, so from a very early age, I was mucking around with that and just became fascinated with video as a, as a form, you know, and uh, then I was kind of creating my own videos and editing VHS to VHS, and that kind of hooked me on this on this medium of of playing with video. And from there, basically, I, I eventually became a high school teacher of film and television. So I taught people and kids how to make video and and what to do with video. And and then I left uh, I left teaching after about seven years and started my own video production company. I just I wanted to actually get out there and just start making video for myself. Yeah. How long ago was that when you started that company? That was uh, 12 years ago now. So this will be our 12th year in, in business. So yeah, um, look, the world of video was very different back then. You know, YouTube was only just becoming a thing or, or barely a thing. And basically the videos that we started creating was wedding videos. and But then we quickly started to transition uh, into creating videos for businesses locally here. So uh, we created videos for all sorts of businesses and most of those videos started to end up being online. So the businesses that we're creating these videos for were thinking, well, we need to people to see this. So they uploaded it to often it was YouTube. 
And this is where I started to see a bit of a shift and a bit of a change because about five or six years ago, um, we were producing regular video content for businesses across across Queensland where we're based here. And uh, then I was kind of checking back on these videos that we'd produced because, you know, I wanted to make sure that what, what we'd done for these clients was actually working. And, you know, needless to say, all they'd done was uploaded it to YouTube. And in one particular case where a client had spent $5,000 on a video and everyone was stoked with the video, it was, it was a really great video. We were proud of it. We got paid. We moved on. But then six months later, I checked back and it had 34 views on YouTube and that was the only place oh, it had been placed. Wow. So there's clearly not a return on investment there, right? So I realized that, you know, something needed to change. We were producing content for these businesses what, they didn't really want the video. What they wanted was results for the video, right? Mm -hmm. They wanted their business to actually grow or change or to reach more people. And that kind of sparked the realization in me that I needed to understand the video marketing side of what we were doing here so that I could provide better results for our clients. And, you know, now six years later, uh, my company, we position what we do now as a video strategy agency. So what we do is actually help businesses define the strategy behind the videos that they're creating. We produce the content for that strategy and then we help manage the distribution of that strategy across all sorts of digital channels as well. So that's kind of that full video strategy agency model, which is what we're based on now. And, and now I also help other people understand how to do that for their own businesses. So that's kind of the, the long and the short of it. When did you start the podcast? The podcast was about two years ago, so we're at uh, episode 108 now as of, as of this recording. And yeah, it's fun. It's great to be able to connect with awesome people doing amazing things in the world of video marketing across the world. I would recommend everybody listen to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast. I'm a regular listener. Uh, it's really just focused on video marketing. And I know that so many of the people in my community are not necessarily, like I wouldn't say they say video is their first thing. You know, so many yeah. marketers in the social media world started out as PR individuals or they started out as writers or they're photographers, but maybe they just don't understand like how to bring it all together in video. And, and that's what we're going to talk about today. So let me start with this question. Why video for marketing today? Yeah, good question. I mean, your own report, your own industry report for this year, uh, you know, the stats that came out of the survey that you did of the industry of marketers out there really proves that people are focused on video. So in your social media industry report, there was 60 to 78% of marketers plan to increase their use of video on YouTube, Facebook and Instagram this year. Okay, so, you know, people recognize that video is where the focus is and where they need to be paying attention. And that's what it really comes down to for me is as marketers, what we want to do is to attract attention of our ideal audience and to engage those people long enough to actually transfer an idea from us as a business or as a brand into the minds of our ideal customer, hopefully to encourage them to take some sort of action. And those things of attention and engagement, I mean, video is just, it's the powerful one-two punch that attracts and draws attention and people are more engaged with video than any other form of communication. You're definitely well above the written word. People would much prefer to watch a video than to, to read something. And, you know, even things like audio, like podcasts here, yes, we can get engagement, but it's harder to maintain attention in audio, for example. 
you know, you're often multitasking when you're listening to audio. Most people listening to us right now are probably multitasking, so their attention is not 100% on us, but video just ticks all of those boxes. And I saw you who just put that dish in the dishwasher, and I saw you who just took a left turn. (laughs) (laughs) Because, yeah, it's true. People that listen to podcasts, they put it in, and they do things that are not necessarily exciting, and it brings a little bit of education to them while they're doing their mundane, normal tasks. The other thing that I want people to think about is video is kind of everywhere. Every social platform has native video now, every single one of them, right? LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter dot, dot, dot. They all have video and almost all of them have video ads as well. And some of them happen to have the short form video story format. So there's so much to video, but you know, maybe this is part of the lead into the next question. What are some of the biggest challenges that you think marketers are making when it comes to video? And I may have already kind of answered it, but what are your thoughts? Like why are marketers messing up with video or what are some of the challenges that we tend to make that we could avoid? Talk to us. Yeah, look, uh, this is something that is is really at the heart of what it comes to in the world of video marketing today is that there's kind of two things that I talk about. And the first one being the democratization of video. So when I started my business as a video production company, I invested over $30,000 in in buying a video camera of a decent quality and the appropriate equipment to edit that video and all of that, right? You needed to invest in specific equipment in order to create video that's of any quality. Now, the ability today to create video and to use video in a communication and marketing strategy is in the hands of everyone. You know, that democratization means that everybody's able to do it. And what that results in is that video is everywhere, like you mentioned there, Mike, but it also results in overwhelm. You know, so many people, there's so many possibilities and different channels you can use and different types of videos you could create, different ways of creating video and tools that you can use to create video that for so many marketers, they just get overwhelmed and stick their head in the sand. So either they don't do video or they don't take action because it seems too confusing or too hard or too difficult, or they take action just tactically without a strategy behind what they're doing. I kind of talk about this problem of creating video for video's sake. Mm. So they're just making video. They, they don't really understand why they're making that video or what they intend that video to do for their business or, or how that video is going to make a particular member of their audience take a particular action. So when you're doing video for video's sake, it just adds to the avalanche of average content that is out there online. And it it's, it's a noisy place, you know, particularly in the world of video. So if you haven't got a good strategy behind what you're doing, potentially it's not going to cut through and it's just going to add to the noise. So that's probably the biggest problem that I see people when they're thinking about using video, they're just making video. They're just getting out there and making it and they're not thinking about why. They they haven't defined a strategy. Yeah. And something you said kind of resonates with me or they think they need to go out and buy all this equipment, right? And um, invest a lot of money in stuff because that's what someone told them to do. And then they have all this stuff. They don't know how to use it, right? (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So Yeah, because they're focused on just making the video there, Mike. You know, so they're like, I need to make a video. So I need to go and buy this cool stuff to, to make a video. But if they're just focused on from a more strategic point of view, then what they can do is they realize that what they've actually got in their pocket right now is enough to actually create video that's effective. Um, might not be all the type of video that they do, like it's not all smartphone video necessarily, but it's a good way to get started. 
Yeah, this is interesting. So what I'm hearing you say is, hey, if you had a strategy, it would make it a lot easier. But unfortunately, too many of us do not have a strategy. We're simply creating video because everyone around us is creating video or because we're being told we should create video. Is that correct? Absolutely. Yeah, 100%. And and that's the what I see all the time is people are, they're experimenting with the video, they're dabbling with video, or they're creating video because the latest tool has come out, which has enabled them to do video. Or, you know, marketers like us have told them that video is where the focus and attention is. So they start playing with video. But if they just pull it back, right, to kind of frame it this way is most people are focused on this video for video's sake. And I call this a form approach. To, to content and video content creation. So form being the format of video. So the kind of thought process that goes through most people's heads is they go, we need to make a video. Okay, cool. So what do we make a bit a video about? And then they sit down with their team or they brainstorm some ideas about what videos they're going to make. And then they go out there and make the video or they pay someone to make the video. And then they stick it up online wherever they can get eyeballs and attention on that video. And then they count how many views they've got and then they move on to the next video. So that's the form approach, right? That's probably sounds pretty familiar to most people listening. But when you take a strategic approach to video, it's just slightly changing the thought process. Instead, you think, first of all, what do we need to improve in our business? So you identify that thing that needs to improve or that needle that needs to shift in the business. And then you say to yourself, well, is video the right way to, to do that, to improve that? If the answer is video, if you say yes to that, then you define the technical and creative approach to make that happen, okay? And then that should then inform how you actually use the video and what metrics or what data you're going to pay attention to to prove whether that video is successful in achieving that outcome. So it's just changing the thought process and taking a more strategic approach. Does that make sense? It does. What would be the signals that video could, could help us? Like if we need to improve this in our business, then we ought to consider video. What is it particularly that it could help us with? Do you understand what I'm saying? Sure. Yeah. So I, I'd kind of talk about looking at the full marketing funnel. Okay. So you kind of, you think about that customer journey and we're talking to marketers here. So the idea that a customer goes through a process of making a decision to eventually buy from you and that process starts with, well, that decision-making process starts with some kind of an emotional trigger, emotional realization. We talk about that being at the kind of awareness phase of the, the customer journey, right? So we move then through different phases of awareness through a phase of consideration when they're weighing up their options and deciding, will they buy this or that, or will they buy it all? And then they go through to a process of conversion, okay, which is when they're making a rational decision to part with their cash and to buy something. So that understanding of that journey that a customer goes on to buy from you. So as a business, what you need to do is to kind of look at that, break down and analyze that customer journey across that full funnel there and identify the gaps. And often what we see is I break it down into those three main phases of awareness, consideration and purchase. And just to simplify it, we kind of say, well, first of all, do we need more people to be aware of us? Do we need more of a cold audience, people who've never heard about us before, do we need them to understand who we are, what we do and why we do it? Mm. So if that's what you start with, then that's the kind of content that you're wanting to create is what we call awareness content or brand positioning content. And you can just kind of work your way through the funnel and we can break this down a bit, a bit further, Mike, but we can work your way through the funnel and identify what those gaps are in the customer journey that you can plug with video. Perfect. So 
I like this. You said, and we're going to drill into each one of these in a minute, but you know, you need to do awareness type of content if you feel like you just need to target a colder audience, right? And like you've tapped out your warm audience and like, hey, you need to expand your kind of reach. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Yeah. So, I mean, I I think for every business, they probably want to consider that customer journey as being a full part of their marketing funnel, you know? So, you can focus on specific campaign goals. And so for one particular, you know, campaign with using video, you might say this is an awareness campaign. And that's where you're identifying that what we need to focus on right now is getting more people who've never heard about us before to actually come into our ecosystem and to understand that we exist, right? So that might be a campaign focus. But as part of just building out a full marketing funnel, using video in various places across that funnel, you probably want to be considering all stages of that journey and having some sort of content, whether it be video or otherwise, across all stages of that journey. Got it. So give us the high level on the consideration and the conversion stage, and then we'll drill into each one of these. Yeah. So we understand awareness there is for people who are just becoming aware of the brand. People who aren't aware, you want to make them, move them towards being aware of the brand, getting them to buy in before you ask them to buy from you. Okay. And then we go to the consideration phase. And this is where people are moving from a stage of being, uh, they're aware of a problem, but they're not yet aware of a solution or they're not yet aware of your solution for the problem. So Mm. the goal in that consideration phase is to move people from you know, being aware that they have a problem and they need to kind of find a solution to make them being aware of your solution. Okay. So in this consideration phase, we really need to be answering questions and, you know, really helping them understand that we're the right fit for them. And then we move through to the conversion stage. And at conversion, this is where we want them to realize that your solution is the right solution for them and to move them towards a purchase. Okay. There is a fourth stage as well, which I don't want to forget, which is what happens after the purchase. Okay. So we talked about awareness, consideration and purchase in that journey, but then there's the advocacy or the loyalty kind of stage. So what happens after a purchase is an important part of this full funnel video strategy as well. And this is where we talk about the goal of delight. Okay. So improving the customer experience through video as well. So that they buy from you again or talk to other people about you. So that's kind of a surface level, top level approach across those four main phases, I guess, of the full funnel video strategy of awareness, consideration, purchase, and, and advocacy. Got it. So at a high level, if we want a strategy, which many of us do not have, a strategy that you would advocate is to consider all four of these phases, awareness, consideration, purchase, and advocacy, and consider creating videos designed specifically for each phase of the customer journey. Is that what I'm hearing you say? Absolutely. Video can work beautifully in all stages of that journey. Now, for a a business out there is a bit overwhelmed. You know, we don't want to add some more overwhelm. You don't necessarily need to just go gung-ho and 100% into using video in all stages of that journey, although it can certainly work really well. That's why I kind of take that question back to at the beginning of, you know, which area, which phase of this, of this funnel do we need to impact on the most to make a difference for our business? And often what we see is, you know, when you do a bit of, uh, a bit of questioning around that, you can identify that one of those goals one of those phases of the journey is going to be more impactful to to make a difference using video than the others in your particular business. But 
as we've mentioned there, you can have video effectively working for you across all of those phases. Maybe you can work with me on an example here. Let's just take Social Media Marketing World, which is our big conference every year in San Diego. And one of the things that Social Media Examiner has going forward is we have a very large audience, many millions who are reading our blog, many tens of thousands who listen to the podcast and hundreds of thousands that are on our email list. So tell me, like, which stage should I focus on when it comes to video marketing? So the question would be, if we start from the top there of, you know, do you feel that it would benefit the end goal of increasing attendance and ticket sales for social media marketing world? Would it benefit getting new people into your audience? You mentioned you've got a a large audience, but do you feel that there would be significant benefit of getting new people in or is it more beneficial to get more of the people who are already aware of social media examiner to get them to the the conference? What would be your gut feeling? I feel like the latter would be the case because I don't think we have any issue with people discovering us through our various different pieces of content that we produce. I think the issue is that we like, we've, we've got a very large captive audience. The challenge is to figure out how to get those people to see that they ought to consider coming to social media marketing world. Awesome. So in your case, then what you'd be focusing on is more of that bottom of the funnel kind of content. So what we want to do is to get people who are already aware of the brand, already engaged with the brand on some level, we want to actually get them to the conference. So what we want to do is to focus on probably a little bit of the consideration type content, but most of the focus would probably be on the conversion type content. So this would be content which is just overcoming the barriers that are preventing people from making that decision to buy. Okay, so it is more rational focused content at the bottom of the funnel. So you do need to be answering rational specific questions or fears or uncertainties that people have about the value of the conference or the experience of the conference or what they'll get out of the conference. That kind of content when you've got a you know aware, engaged audience is what's going to have the biggest impact on actually getting that conversion of getting people across the line. The other thing I would consider is you've got you know, a large amount of people in your audience who who have already bought from you, have already been to the conference. So then we're going into that advocacy stage and creating content that empowers the advocates to encourage new people to come. And I know you already do a lot of this as well. Like I think a, a lot of past attendees of your conference would be raving about the conference and right. whether that just be through the experience that you provide at the conference. But there are ways to actually use video to build that customer experience after the conference and to continue that excitement about the conference to encourage people to attract new people to the conference. What that specifically looks like, we could bounce some ideas around, but the goal there is to just, it's that bottom of the funnel and that, that advocacy stage, I think would be where you'd have the most impact. Now let's take another example. Maybe you could take one of your students or maybe it's one of your clients that maybe has a product that is not well known. So how would that be different for them? Sure. I'll use an example of one of our clients who, and the reason why I'll use this example is because this client has actually, over time, used video um, according to our strategy across the full funnel there, across all four of those stages. And uh, it started, I'll explain who this client is first of all. So she basically runs a small property management or rental property management company in, in the local town. So she started with video strategy when she was just starting out in her business. So obviously awareness was one of her key goals to start with. She wanted to get more people to understand that she was out there and what she was all about and positioning her brand 
over and above her competition. And the way that she did that was through creating content in that first goal, which is what I call brand positioning. And the goal here is to get people, like I said before, to buy in, emotionally buy into who you are before you ask them to buy. The way you do that is through telling stories. Okay, so the kinds of video that we created for her in this first goal of brand positioning was telling her brand story and telling her client's story on video. So allowing her through the brand story video to really say what she is all about, what's her big why behind the the agency and, and how she wants to approach her clients and, you know, what gets her out of bed in the morning and fires her up and how is she able to position herself as the guide or the mentor that helps her customers who are these property investors who have their rental properties how is she going to actually make their life better? So that brand story video became kind of like the core branding piece for her to launch her brand and for people to really get why she's different. We also told client stories there as well, which was specifically about, it's kind of like case studies, but we take a storytelling approach, which allows people to buy in more emotionally to the story rather than just a rational kind of case study of this is what this person did for me. So that was the first goal that we kind of tackled for her business and once she created those videos then we you know rolled them out in various ways across different channels and then we moved into what we call social engagement content which is this consideration phase now this yeah. is good let's just take this one step at a time so okay. what i'm hearing you say that in the awareness phase right where people do not know who you are or what your product is about Somehow you want to trigger an emotion. And in this particular case with this particular customer, she told her story and the idea behind her telling her story is what exactly? Like break that down so people can understand why you suggested that. It's about understanding that people buy with emotion and then justify that decision with logic. Okay. So when it comes to a purchase decision, and, and this is equally true if you're buying a donut as you walk through a shopping center, or if you're buying the services of a property manager to manage your rental properties, you're, you're always, you start with an emotional trigger. And I mentioned that before. So if we can create content that talks to the emotional pain or the emotional excitement or the emotions that your ideal audience is feeling at that awareness stage of their journey that we've already mapped out. So the idea behind using brand story videos at this stage of the journey is to allow that brand to be positioned alongside those emotions that the customer is already feeling. So what we do when she's telling her story on video is we want her to genuinely and authentically talk about those things that people are feeling anyway, you know, kind of position that she's that she's trustworthy, that she's experienced, and she's going to help you achieve positive outcomes for your rental property because that's ultimately what someone wants. I think critically when it comes to storytelling and, you know, there's a whole bunch of amazing resources you can dive into around storytelling and the power of story, but critically is the brand is not the hero of the story, right? The brand is the, the mentor or the guide that helps the hero, which is the customer, actually achieve a better outcome in their life. So by using storytelling here at the awareness phase, we're able to get people to emotionally connect with us as a brand or a business so that people are kind of coming into our, our funnel, you know, to use a marketing term, they're coming into our brand just really, un really getting us. They get us and, and they know that we get them. Does that make sense? It does. And I can guess, I'm just going to guess that her story might be something like this. 
I used to own a rental property and it was a nightmare. Every time a customer would leave, I had to go in and sweat and take care of cleaning up the property. I had to go after the the lost rents and and I didn't have time for it, you know? I just wanted yeah. my property to make me money. And then I finally realized how to do it and how to do it in a way that didn't kill me. Or I hired a property manager, you know, and they made my life better. And then I said to myself, maybe I could do this for others. Something like that, I'm guessing, is the story to try to get the person watching to say, I feel your pain because I am you. Is that kind of where we're going with that? Yeah, absolutely. It's critical to to tell a story that's relatable. So you need to know who who you're telling this story to. So, you know, what you need to do is to tell a story in a way that allows people to understand that you get them, you get the pain that they're feeling, but more importantly, that you have the answers, you know, you, right. the way that you do things and the way that you operate your business is there to serve the audience and to do it in a way that um, is going to make their life better and easier. What do you want to say to people that are like, I don't feel comfortable getting on camera and telling my story? Well, you know, I think what it comes down to is well, you could get over the fear of it, first of all, but the, and there's there's ways to kind of approach that. But I think what it comes down to mostly is there's more than one ways to tell a story, right. okay? It doesn't necessarily need to be the business owner just kind of pouring their heart out or telling their story. The way that we approach it as an agency working with our clients is is we do this through an interview. So it's a very relaxed process. We're not kind of, they're not scripting things or they're not trying to come up with this story, but by working with someone like us who's able to unpack the story with you ah, like through that. a conversation and then to, edit in the together. edit, pull yeah. that together and to pull the right things together in the right structure. And that's the power of like using a, you know, a storyteller or video production company when you're producing these videos because they they have that storytelling skill that you, you want to find someone who does. Basically what you want to do at, at its simplest form, this kind of brand awareness content is I call it a why video. So listeners may be familiar with Simon Sinek and the, the idea of starting with the why. Right. It's this idea of if you can just create content that says why you exist, you know, why do you do what you do? And this can be a 30 second just, you know, why I love property management, for example, is because, you know, it fires me up to be able to you know, achieve outcomes for people and get better results and, you know, attract the right tenants so that their property, their property investment is going to return over the long-term property, their property journey is going to be a smooth sailing one. Whatever it may be, that's the simplest form. It's just saying, look, this is why I do what I do. And that's going to position you emotionally with the right people. People resonate with that. I would imagine this awareness video could be put on your about page. It could be put as cold ads, use it all over the place, right? The goal with these awareness videos is to get the most eyeballs on them, okay? So yeah, the idea is to get it out there in the right way and video native format for different platforms where it makes sense. But the goal, the ultimate goal is to just get eyeballs on the video. We're not going to, in many cases, directly be able to track when we're talking about metrics that someone watching this video has become a client. Although sometimes that happens, they watch an awareness video and then they move very quickly down the funnel there to conversion and they become a client. But thinking of it as this is like your branding, just like you do a, you know, you invest in a great website or, you know, a brand, logo, signage, all that kind of stuff as a business. 
this is the video equivalent of that as just saying this is what we are and how we want to be positioned in this world of business we're playing in. So let's, okay, good. Let's go to the consideration phase and let's go back to the gal who's managing the property management stuff and keep going with the story. So what what did she do specifically in the consideration phase? Awesome. So recognizing that in the consideration phase, the goal here I call social engagement for two reasons, because social being social media is one of the most powerful tools to use in this consideration phase. And engagement is the idea if you want people to sit up and pay attention to you, you want them to come on a journey with you, you want them to build a relationship with you as a brand or a business. And relationships don't happen with one pretty video, you know, this awareness type video we talked about before. Relationships happen over time. So social engagement content is just good content marketing. When it comes to video, we're talking about helpful content. So videos that answer questions, frequently asked questions, how-to videos, that position her as an expert with information and approaches that are going to benefit that ideal customer. So from a video sense for this property management client, we produced and have continued to produce a series of of weekly video blogs. And I'm not talking kind of Casey Neistat type video blogs or Peter McKinnon type video blogs. Um, I'm talking about, well, some of their video blogs are more of that educational how-to videos, but that's what we're talking about. It's like, how can we provide value through our videos in a way that builds a relationship that positions that business owner or that business as an expert, as someone that they can trust, that builds a relationship. And this needs to be done over time, okay? You don't create one video in the social engagement phase and and tick a box and say that's done. So yeah, that's the kinds of videos we rolled out for her. And, and it's all about answering those common questions. And these are questions that people have, but and they can find the answers elsewhere online. But by doing it through video, she's answering it in her way. And they're able to also connect on a more emotional level with that person who's answering that questions. There's also this idea at play of reciprocity that if you can provide value to your audience without the expectation that they buy from you, so free content, then people are more likely to, when they're ready to buy, to choose to buy from you rather than from the other property manager down the road who hasn't provided value over time. So for example, you with me on that? yeah, so these are like video blogs almost, right? Like what to look for when looking for a property management company, right? Or the biggest mistakes that people make when managing their property, stuff like that. Absolutely. It's the kind of content you'd probably typically see in, an, in a blog or an article or in a social media post, but using video in a, is it a way that you're able to provide that value, that education, that information, or that entertainment as well. Like entertainment for certain brands, maybe not so much for property management, but for some brands, just providing entertaining content can work really well in this social engagement phase. The power of video is that people are actually connecting with the brand on a more human level than they can ever do as a written blog, for example. Where are we publishing these consideration slash social engagement videos? So, yeah, the title of social engagement there, these types of videos, like social media is the best place to use them. And often what we talk about is deciding on what your primary social platform is going to be. So, yeah, and, you know, Social Media Examiner are are starting to do a lot of this as well on YouTube at the moment, um, which is, you know, an exciting move for Social Media Examiner. But you need to decide on your primary platform. Right? So that might be YouTube, that might be Facebook, that might be Instagram or IGTV or LinkedIn, whatever your primary platform is, that's the content or I would create the content 
with the native considerations of that platform in mind. So if YouTube's your primary platform, the way you produce the videos is going to be different than if Instagram TV was your primary platform. That doesn't mean that you won't get value from repurposing or using those videos on secondary and tertiary platforms as well, right? But I always kind of recommend that people focus on a primary platform and use those other platforms to drive views and engagement back to that primary platform. We could go deeper on that, but I think that should give an understanding of perfect the main thing. Yeah. Perfect. Okay. So how are we getting people from awareness to consideration? Is that through an ad? So what we're talking about here is primarily an organic strategy, okay? I see. And got it. It's a similar approach when you are like thinking about ad funnels. If you want to start with awareness and then maybe through retargeting, you can move people through more directly. So I kind of consider this strategy is an organic strategy, but if you take this same approach as a paid strategy, it just kind of funnels people through the funnel quicker. Perfect. Right. Because you're just driving people. So let's talk about organically. Perfect. We're moving the goal is you want to consider that journey people are going on when they're ready to buy, and maybe they're made more ready to buy by consuming some of your social engagement content over time. When they're ready to buy, we're now positioning we're, we've positioned our brand through the awareness and consideration content, we've positioned our brand as the right choice for them. But that doesn't mean that they're directly going to buy right now after watching a whole bunch of social engagement videos, for example, because there, there may be uh, some barriers preventing them from making that purchase decision. So in the conversion phase of the journey, we want to think about the goal being getting people across the line and getting them to part with their cash. And Remembering this is the rational end of the, the customer journey, so we need to answer rational questions that are holding people back. Now, video in this sense needs to be used differently. So let me give you the example for the property management client. So the videos that she created here are, I guess, what you might call client onboarding type videos. Mm -hmm. So for, for new inquiries, so the goal of her social engagement content is to get someone who has a property that needs a property manager to make an inquiry. Once they've made an inquiry, now we're in the conversion phase of the journey. And the goal of the videos we use here is to get people to actually sign the contract to become a client. So she sends out a video that is a, it's a relatively long video. It's about 10 minutes and she sends this via email. So it's not on social media. It's not public. It's only going to inquiries. She sends this um, out and it basically walks through what it would be like to be onboarded as a property owner, so as a landlord, into her property management agency. It answers questions about like, how do they manage arrears? When do they get paid? All the rational stuff that is kind of like her, her business's IP. It's how she operates as a business, which she would probably give all this information and answer these questions if she was doing this sales process more over the phone or face-to-face. Or -face. But by doing it through video and almost automating it. It's not directly automated for her, like it's a manual email send, not through a CRM, but we can do it through a CRM. Um, but basically that inquirer gets a friendly email with a video, with the face of the property manager on that video, talking about the rational things of what it's like to be our client, answering any of those final questions. And then the call to action from that email is, I look forward to, to meeting you at our you know sign up meeting or whatever she calls it. So when they come in for that meeting, they're, they're just ready to buy. You know, that is like, so cool. Yeah, I, cool. I love this. I'm even thinking like, you know, if you, for the people that have online businesses that are selling directly online, which is most, a lot of people listening, 
Like in our case, I could see on our register page having a video that kind of describes in a few minutes, like what they will be experiencing if they choose to make that purchase. You know what I mean? Like, like, Hey, here's a walkthrough of what you're going to experience if you decide to come to social media marketing world in San Diego. Right. And maybe even if you have a few questions, scroll down below the price and we've got all the answers, right? It's kind of the equivalent of what you might say if you were on the phone with someone. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I love that. And that example there, I mean, the, the example I use there of what I would call a service details video. So it kind of details the service to kind of answer those questions. The other types of content that work really well for conversion are things like, you know, testimonials or case studies. Okay. Different to the emotional client stories we talked about right at the top of the funnel. But here it's like, you know, I want to see some Vox Pops of people at your event just saying, this is the best event, like worth every penny, all that sort of stuff. The video, I'm sure you've got a video on your sales page yeah, anyway, which is around, you know, the experience and the excitement of the event. Like that's perfect. You want people to just go, yeah, I need to buy this. And it overcomes any barriers they have to making that purchase. But I just want to add here, depending on how this type of conversion video is implemented within uh, within a marketing strategy, it can be really powerful to be able to directly track engagement with these videos at the bottom of the funnel. So if you are sending a, a one-to-one video via email, the ability for, for that property management client to see a percentage of you know how much of that video did that person actually watch. So using different tools like Vidyard, Wistia, there's tools there that basically allow you to track an individual's person's engagement with a video. So mm. she knows if that person comes into that sign-up meeting, how much of the video they've actually watched. So she can change the sales conversation to, to suit that. And there are ways to do that in an online business as well, where you can track leads through and, you know, through CRMs and, and metrics and data and things like that. So yeah, it can be really powerful. Okay. Let's, in the last second here, get to the advocacy side of this just briefly. Um, cause I know we could probably do a whole awesome. interview on advocacy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think what's critical about that advocacy stage is not just letting people go that once they paid money and they become a client, now they're just like forgotten about, right? So it's good. It's good business sense anyway. And, and good businesses do this in various ways. Like they, impress their clients or they keep their clients happy or they communicate with their clients and past clients in different ways. The way that I recommend injecting video into this is looking at those different touch points that a a typical client would have after they purchased from you. And that could be within the immediate onboarding process, or that could be six months, 12 months later to re-engage people who have bought from you in the past. Look at those different touch points and how can you use video to improve the experience that people have with your brand. One of the best ways to do this is to create personalized video where it's possible, depending on the scale. So there are tools like there's an app called Bonjoro or an app called Vidyard Go Video, which you can use to actually create personalized video right there on your on your smartphone. So you, let's say someone bought from you. Let's use an online business example. Someone bought from you, you get a little trigger off to your Bonjoro app and then it says so-and-so has bought your program and then you shoot a little video on Bonjoro and say, hey, Mike, thanks so much for, for jumping into the course. Um, I can't wait to to learn more about you and your business. So if you've got any questions, let me know, but I'm so pleased that you've joined me here. Shoot that video off and it overcomes that buyer remorse. You know, people like, I'm in the right place. I made the right decision. I'm so excited to get started. So 
that's that's one simple way of using personalized video to um, improve the customer experience with the goal of increasing retention, getting people to refer you to other people and just build better relationships with your customers. Wow. This has been really, really, really awesome, Ben. Like my synapses are firing at so many different levels. <laughs> There's so many ideas. <laughs> There's so many ideas that I can employ just as a result of hearing what you shared with us. Thank you so much. Can you tell everybody where they can discover more about you if they want to track you down? Absolutely. So two things. Listen to the Engage Video Marketing Podcast if you like podcasts. Um, uh, that would be awesome. But also, if they head on over to engagevideomarketing.com slash SME, I'm going to have some downloads there, which is absolutely free. One of them being my video strategy blueprint ebook, which kind of maps this out for people in a clearer way. And I'll also include there my full funnel video strategy framework, which is a one page PDF, which kind of visually shows this that we've talked about today so that people can just get a visual sense of this journey and how video fits along those different stages of the journey. Cool. Can you see that URL one more time? Engagevideomarketing.com slash SME. Thank you so much, Ben Amos, for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. I know we're a lot better as a result of it. Thanks, Mike. And if there's anything we mentioned in today's show and you did not catch it all, the show notes can be found at socialmediaexaminer.com slash 374. This brings us to the end of yet another episode of the Social Media Marketing Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Stelzner. I'll be back with you next week. I hope you make the best out of your day. And may social media continue to change your world. The Social Media Marketing Podcast is a production of Social Media Examiner. Want more good stuff? Sign up for our top-notch social marketing newsletter. We deliver it straight into your inbox three days a week. Visit socialmediaexaminer.com slash get updates.